0: We are so glad you're here for our Christmas service. Thank you for those of you that are visiting us for the first time. And uh, if you are here and you're kind of saying, what are those things in front of me? Uh, Or you're online, there are many things around the screen that you can click. But if you take out your phone and you put it into camera mode and you fill up one of these squares in the entire screen of your camera, a kind of link will drop down. And if you click that, it will launch you and send you to uh, whatever it is that's here. But if you're here and you're new, we want to invite you. If you would just go over that connect section there, we would love if you have a prayer request or a need, we would love to pray for you this holiday season and believe that God is going to give us the the best year yet as 2021 approaches and the warmest Christmas, despite the fact that we can't have everyone together. And uh, we're grateful. For that. A few quick announcements for you here. First of all, prayer groups are available here on Saturdays. And if you call the office or you email us at office at lolag.org, we'd love to plug, plug you in there, especially if you are a prayer warrior, an intercessor more than ever before. We need people praying for other people in our community. Just uh, the other day, I found out that both George and Dezelia, uh, one of our former board members who plays guitar uh just was uh tested positive for COVID, and they just feel ugh and uh so if you're interested in praying for that for people we would love for you to lift them up in prayer but also encourage you that if you have a heart to you know maybe you had COVID and you realized how hard it was to get stuff that you needed and you're like i'd really love to bring a meal to them i'd love to ask them if they need a pharmacy run or anything like that you can do it and leave it right on their doorstep so i'm speaking really to those that are a part of our church community that know them personally and if if you're watching online and you're struggling with covid and you're kind of locked in we would love for you to call us and share that so that we could get so many wonderful people here involved in helping you if you're stuck maybe uh you're you're older whatever your condition is we'd love to be here we believe that that's what the church is here for Secondly, Youth Connect is going to be starting the 17th of January. And so we encourage you, yeah, I heard some woo woo -woo out there, but uh, this will be on Sunday mornings, one Sunday a month, we'll be doing that. And then we're gonna try and get some stuff going on for you guys outdoors so it's safe. Some tubing, sledding, ice skating, those kind of things. We're still holding as we're waiting for the new year to reevaluate children's ministry, but we thought once a month, that would be a great thing for you guys to connect with. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor Dylan to come up here at this time. And uh, the reason is because the Bible says to bear one another's burdens. And that's how we fulfill the law of Christ, the law of love. And he's a very private person. In fact, for the past few years, he's been carrying a burden that he never even really has told any of you about uh, because he's so busy caring for the burdens of the church. And I said, Pastor Dylan, the time's come. You just, If people knew, what you were going through, they would help and they would support you. And so if uh, I'm just going to ask him to p- kind of put things in his own words and then we're going to pray for him. But appreciate, do you appreciate this young man? Can we just thank him?
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, so I don't want to make today about me, but I do appreciate uh, you guys uh, allowing me to have the spot to share with you and request prayer. Uh, my dad, uh, adoptive dad, his name is Brad, uh, was recently sentenced to prison for four years without parole uh, after a long legal battle. He made some pretty foolish choices during a a period of his life. And I don't say that to shame him. I mean, he was a phenomenal stepdad and adoptive dad and uh, was, was great to me as a kid, you know, but all of us make foolish choices at times. In our lives, and I share this with you because pastors, we don't have perfect lives, we don't come from perfect families, we don't have perfect situations, and I share it so that you could help me bear my cross, as I hope I can help you bear yours. And especially, I ask for prayer from my mom uh, during this period of time. She, as you can imagine, is under a lot of duress, a lot of stress, and really, I'm her only uh, source of support in in many different ways uh, during this period of her life. She doesn't really have many family members, so. Uh, it's fallen to me and her to kind of make it, and uh, some th- some things are just too heavy to carry on your own. So, I would deeply appreciate your prayer for her, for my dad, and for myself during this period of time when I'm trying to move her across the country from Pennsylvania to Arizona. So, we're
0: we're gonna pray for a minute. This is this has been years, years. This burden has kind of finally come to a head, but. Uh I, I normally wouldn't do this. I don't think this is kind of like the way to kind of go about things. But I, I, would, I would say this. This is the Bible. Let me put it. Let me just simplify it. Just kind of say it. When I talked with Pastor Dylan the other day, uh, the other week, and said to him, you know, how are you doing? And he began to share more and more about what was going on. He said, you know what? I just got to think in terms of taking care of my mom. She's got her first, her last, her security book deposit for for uh, an apartment. I've got to think about a moving truck. I've got to think about uh, the fuel to get her out there. And then how am I gonna get back? And I said, no, 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 Dylan. I go, Pastor Dylan, we need to think about that because we're the family of God. And I normally wouldn't kind of put this out there in this sense, but I would say that the need is far greater than you would ever realize. And we, and I know Pastor Dylan would never say, that you redirect your tithe or your missions giving. But this holiday season, if you're kind of saying, I want to find a need and meet it, he shouldn't have to bear this alone. Amen? We bear our burdens together and this is a very tangible way for somebody who has cared for the needs of the church for a long time um, for you to do that. And if you gave through the church and you put and you selected other and you just put PD, we would know exactly what to do with that and that becomes... Tax deductible. We never, you've noticed over the past few years, we never put individual people out there because every other week someone would be coming up to me, I need money for rent, I need money for this, I need money for that. This is somebody who's cared for your needs and bore your burdens, sacrificed. Um, And I just feel that it's proper that we get behind him. We're going to get behind him one way or the other, but this actually would make it easier. For you to say, I remember when my family was in a difficult season and wish that somebody did that for us. And so this is a way for you to do that. But if you'd extend your hands towards Pastor Dylan as kind of a way of support, we're going to pray that God would give him the strength that he needs. Uh, I don't have my mask on because he gave COVID to me a couple of weeks ago. So we're kind of set here. But Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just lift up Pastor Dylan. Five years of his life, he has sacrificed, sacrificed for our community, worked endless hours, carried people's burdens, prayed for people, wept for people, sacrificed for people. Now is his hour of need. and We pray, oh Jesus, that that you would lift him up, that we would lift him up together, that we would bear his burden and fulfill the law of Christ and that you would help him in his hour of need. We ask this all for someone we love very deeply and admire and respect very greatly, Pastor Dylan. And we ask this all in Christ's name, everybody said, amen, amen. Two things kill him, one, becoming the center of attention, when it's just him and it's not like he can deflect to Jesus, he doesn't mind getting up in front of everybody. The other is physical touch. I got a shirt for you it's not going to arrive in time for christmas it says free hugs and then underneath it says no i'm just kidding don't touch me (laughs) so i actually bought that shirt for you spoiler alert merry christmas carrie you were gone as i turned there but thank you it was thank you for doing a great job by the way, bass players are never, you never how many people you you on you're online and it says 25 top drummers of all time, 25 elect lead guitarists of all time? It never says like 25 bass players of all time. But didn't didn't uh Terry do a wonderful job, especially in that that first song? Like bass players like you were she was I'm just telling you, coming from a a family where there's kind of been music through the years, like she was taking the bass like in harmony. I was, that was just, I just want to admire you for that and uh, appreciate every single one of the team here that is doing their thing. This is, this is an extra one for your friend, okay? I just had to get that off the front here. God bless you. This holiday season, I am so excited uh, and I am so honored to be able to share with you what i'm calling here our message this morning the song of christmas we all have our favorite christmas songs i think two of my top five were sung here three but one service is over but um we all have those favorite holiday cheer music how many of you set up your christmas tree before thanksgiving raise your hand real quick come on am i the only one or are their hands up all over the place here, there are thank you for your honesty thank you for your candor ours I think was up in October at some point it's just COVID we just said we're going to get the holiday spirit going uh Dina who helps in the office and helps with youth and children she was playing Christmas music in September I was like what is going on it's it's almost like that time of year where you can just kind of get some cheer going ahead of time and jump start it but the night of Christmas the the first night of Christmas It's one of the most amazing moments it is without a shadow of a doubt in the top four moments of human history when christ was born when christ was crucified when he resurrected and when jesus returns the event of christmas started that whole chain of events that would lead to you and i becoming a part of the family of god being adopted into god's family And so I'd like to just pray real quickly one more time that God would help me share with you what I think he wants me to for his word, for your life this morning. Father, just ask one more time that you would be lifted up, that you'd speak into the darkness of our life, not with shame and disgrace, but with a light, and to help us to know that you've called us into your family to shine and to sing for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name, amen. We have a a friend of ours her name is Angela Miller she was on American Idol she was like the third finalist and it was really neat because we originally met her when she was a little little girl and so she's always been you know Angela you know it's like then she got the name Angie Miller and now she's like she's got this whole band thing going on and but she's got such an anointed voice, such a beautiful voice and it was neat watching somebody and then seeing knowing them, you know, just like I, I, I grew up when she was a little girl, I just she was I was around her life and, and saw her, and then she was on like the center of attention and everybody was going like Angie anybody follow that by the way when that was taking place? So she was just she was she became quote unquote famous, but to us she was always like Angela. And we have this concept in our culture called stars and stars shine bright and they stand out and they, they but to me, she always was that little girl. And so it would be funny when I would see her at events or I took our boys and we went to an event where she was at and we've got, we were just hanging out and we, we went up to her and we're watching everybody around her going, Angie, Angie. And we were just like, hey Angela, so good to see you. you just. Do great job and then going into a church service and watching this girl who's you know on american idol and having all the judges and all the, the the camera angles and all that and then she would come home to our church and she would lead the church in worship and it was just a beautiful thing to watch but i've come to realize that stars that that led the way for the wise men always point to to christ the right kind of star shines In such a way that should always lead someone to christ there's a verse in the book of uh well last week we when we were talking about this we talked about the wise men and if you weren't here and we have some really detailed notes historical stuff you couldn't get anywhere if you email office at G, we'd love to get it to you encourage you to watch it but um the story of the wise men we went through and talked about the star and the wise men and the king of the jews and all that stuff but there's a, a beautiful verse in isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 and it says this the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light and they that dwell in the land of the shadows of death upon them hath the light shined I really believe that god when when you look at your kids you're like my kids are wonderful you know you when they take their first steps we cheer them when they when they sing their first song and they pretend speak into a plastic microphone or they do something great at at a sporting event we just get crazy and we're like yeah that's my kid We, we we praise him we cheer him i really believe that god in the same way looks at you and i and and he wants us to hear him cheer you He wants you to shine. There's nothing wrong with shining as long as the shine that you shine lights the way for people to Christ. If we we take our talents and our gifts and our efforts and our endeavors, And they light the way and the destination comes to us we're pointing in the wrong direction every gift that you have every talent that you have every skill that you have every effort that you give you were born with a purpose to know god find freedom discover purpose but to make a difference to shine the way that points to jesus and and those ways are never filled with pride and they're never filled with arrogance and they're never filled with with um with, with wickedness, you know, they should, they should be leading people to Christ and we should offer ourselves to him, to shine for him because there's a lot of darkness in the world. There's a lot of darkness in the world. In fact, there was a whole season in history we call the Dark Ages and it was out of that darkness that these lights and this tradition of a candlelight service began. Now in Judaism, they've got the menorah, which literally means to shine. That's what, that's what the word literally means. But it was in the Middle Ages where the Christians connected the star, the menorah, and the candle tradition and created a tradition of our own as Gentiles that is called the candlelight service. And it was held on Christmas Eve. Now, because of COVID, we normally have animals in here and we do this on Christmas Eve service, but we felt this was a wise move to do it this way. But there's a lot of darkness in the world. And you can be the light that helps somebody find their way through that moment. Let me just show you something for a second. I don't know if my light lady's up there again. If you could just kill the lights. Now watch this. Your eyes are adjusting. But do you notice that you can actually, a candle stands out more in darkness than it does in light? I think this is the area where the church is really missed that church is not when we all come together but when we all go out and when we go into the darkness and we shine and we're always thinking and we should be thinking in terms of how can I bring somebody to church but what we should be thinking about is this how can I bring my light the light of Christ in my life and shine it into the darkness of somebody's dark world when I was in college back in, uh, not the 50s, not the 60s, not the 70s, all right, but not the 80s, just, but, just, I'm just trying to save my age here, but we used to go, I was in Missouri, and we used to go, they called it Splunkin, and you'd go in a cave, and this was so amazing, a friend of mine said, watch this, he, we, he said, everybody shut off the lights, and we just waited for a moment, and he struck a match, And when he did we were in a cave literally if you look up to the ceiling it was about this big and what amazed me was that one match lit up that entire room and i thought to myself this is what happens when we let our light shine before men this is what happens when we choose to be a light in the darkness and I know there's a lot of things that would blow that out, right? People's skepticism, people's rejection, people's opinion. But you're a light. And in darkness, one match, one candle can make such a huge difference into somebody's life. We should, we should, we should always be looking, God, how can I honor you? Now listen, here's the problem is, is that most people who are introverts... We think, oh, in order for me to shine for Jesus, I need to become an extrovert. Absolutely not. I'm married to an introvert. And you know what the great grace and light that I've seen in my life from my wife in, in my life is, is that I'm on your mark, go get set, impulsive, go for it, talk first, think later, right? I've watched what it is to see Jesus work through patience, through silence, through holding an opinion instead of expressing it. And what's funny is is that I think some of us who are introverts, we kind of tend to think, I really don't have much to shine because we think shine means to be on a platform or to speak into a microphone when, in fact, some of the beautiful light that has made the largest difference has come from some of the most gentle and kind personalities that I know. And if you're here and you're an introvert and you're kind of like, I don't know if I'm making that much of a difference, and I, you know what? Kindness, love, caring for somebody, Calling up people who have COVID and saying, hey, can I go to the store for you? Or you, you know, someone who cooks a meal, somebody who just goes up to someone and says, hey, I, hey, I just love you, I appreciate this about you. That can be all the difference in the darkness of somebody's heart who every time they, they look around themselves, they see nothing but what's wrong. And, and of course, there are those of us that are more bright, you can hit those lights back on again, thank you. And some of our personalities are like this, but God made us all different. Not every light's the same. And I don't think that God would ever want you to shine any differently than who you are. God's not looking you to make you more like him. He's God. No, he's looking to make you more like you because you're made in his image, your personality, who you are. And if you just let, you just offered yourself to God and said, Lord, shine through my life. Shine into the darkness. shine, Help me make a difference. You'd change somebody's world this holiday season. And that's what jesus was all about he came into this world and the light that that was shining led to him and the light that we shine should lead to him and there this world is filled with so much darkness there's more darkness than i don't know what to do with now years ago i was at times square church and there was a guy named billy white he ran a ministry in hell's kitchen in new york city it was run by the mob, the irish mob for years mickey spillane the westies it was it was a mess it was a mess and he said i'm going to make a difference and so he started this homeless outreach and so what we would do is, is we would we would offer coffee to people and then they would preach the word and then they would give them a meal and so this one year i was there at christmas time and i had uh i got up and i i had a group of people and in this group of people there were a couple of them that looked like you kind of say to yourself like all right they're well kept or whatever but then there was this one guy he was in rough shape i don't think either his clothes or his body saw a shower in two years he had, uh, and I, forgive me for the description, but this was just his condition, he had pus fu- coming out of his eye because he had obviously sustained a wound, had no medical treatment, and so uh, I got up to go get a coffee, and as I was getting a coffee, I was walking back to the table where all these people were that I was serving, and I heard somebody say, man, somebody needs to take a shower! And this guy who was wounded, who, uh, he opened up a knife, And as he stood up, he just went like, he just swung wild. And he went right in front of me. Now, back in those days, I could take my stomach in a lot more than I can now. But I just went, whoa! And then he swung it again. I was like, whoa! He goes, who said that? And I I go, I don't know, but I got you a coffee. (laughs) And he goes, oh, thank you, thank you. And he sat down. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, coffee. Coffee makes a difference in the world. Coffee can save your life. But it wasn't that, I mean, that was just a great experience and doing that kind of stuff. But you see, God didn't stay in heaven and look down at our world or come through and serve us coffee and take off. He came in, became like us. He got in, literally John one fourteen says, Jesus, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And so this guy, Billy White, took the lead pastor Pastor Dave Wilkerson, who's gone on now since to be with the Lord, and he said, I want to show you something. And they went to a manhole cover, and they lifted it up, and they crawled underground. And as they were walking through, all of a sudden it opened up into this giant city of homelessness. There's so much darkness in the world. There's so much darkness. And it it needs light. And what darkness remains around you that you could shine into? You know what Marriages to men that are in a dark spot in their marriage? It's time to shine. Women who are in a dark spot in your marriage, it's time to shine. Widows or women who are alone, that feel dark and alone, it's time to shine. Young people surrounded by dark lives, it's time to shine. Disappointed and depressed people, it's time to take your attention off of you and shine your light towards Christ because you'll find that it, God will light the way back to him. Jesus said in John 5:14, you're the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and, and puts it under a bowl, but instead he puts it on a stand so that everyone can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And Jesus said it like this, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me walks not in darkness, but will have the light of life. God wants you to shine, and that's part of what the Christmas story is about. Now forgive me for a second because I'm gonna take you from a winter to a very hot, dry environment here in Israel. And I think I skipped over those, did I? Did we remove them? Yeah, no. Okay, that's where it is. Forgive me, sorry, technical glitch. Technical click. So not only is there a light and a star and a shine, but there's a song that goes with Christmas. Now we're real familiar with Luke chapter two, verses eight through eighteen. It's it's the shepherds, they're out in the field. You know what's beautiful about the story of shepherds? Shepherds, they care for the flock. They try to help get them to the place they need to be, but it only works if the sheep are willing to follow the shepherd but if they follow the shepherd they'll take them to the right place they'll get them to the right drink and it's always that wandering sheep that takes off and does their own thing that gets themselves in trouble but the bible says jesus calls himself the good shepherd he says i'm the good shepherd I protect the flock I defend the flock if a wolf comes or if a lion comes then and in the case of David he said I killed the the lion and the bear and this Philistine will be nothing shepherds were fighters they were protectors they were defenders but in Israel's history there were only four people who were ever leaders that were shepherds and they happened to be the four greatest people in all of Israel's history Abraham Moses David And Jesus, who refers to himself as the great shepherd. And when the angel appears to the shepherds, he doesn't, they they don't use kingly, he says, there is a king who will shepherd my people. Listen, maybe you're in a place in your life this holiday season where you have had some disappointments And you're kind of looking at god and you think that he exists to make your life problem free or trouble free jesus never said that he said this in fact he said in this world you'll have great trouble but in but take heart i've overcome the world and if you you follow that great shepherd and you follow that light to the right place it's going to lead you to a song and it's the one that the angels sang and it goes like this in luke chapter 2 14 glory to god in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, here's something I just need to share, and I don't mean to get heady on you, but this is too important and too worth it. If you look in the past, since 1970, it's, the, it's literally been a, the, the decade or the century of Bible translations. You've got the NIV, you've got the RSB, you've got the NRSB, you've got the ESV, you've got, you've, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And in that time, there was the greatest discovery in history, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Literally every book of the Old Testament, practically every book of the Old Testament, no, no New Testament books, no matter what the Discovery Channel tells you or there are alien discoveries in there, it, it, it's not true. But when I was at school school, doing my doctoral work, I got to spend time with the curator of the Dead Sea Scrolls. His name is Adolfo Reutemann. And we're actually in the place where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in those caves. A couple of shepherd kids threw a rock in, clink, broke it. They went in and they discovered some of the greatest manuscript discoveries in the world because it was a Bible that was 1,100 years older than any other Bible known. But up until this time all we had was the king james version now here's the thing there are places any version there's no such thing as a perfect version whether you are a fan of the king james the niv the esv but this happens to be one spot where the king james is right and every other version is wrong how many of you out there are king james people i see that hand now there's no such thing as a perfect translation except the original Hebrew and the Old Testament and the Greek and when they found these scrolls they kept seeing a phrase the 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 men of goodwill the men of goodwill the men of goodwill now what you have to understand is is that in the Dead Sea Scrolls they were almost like a cult and if you read the verse the way that it's written and this is this my prayer is that it'll just rock your world watch this glory to God in the highest and earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. That sounds good, doesn't it? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you know that what you did was not pleasing to God? So what does that mean? God, God's good, all the time, all the time, God is good, except what happens when you're not good. Does that mean God stops loving you? Does that mean that God's peace? is for those who he's pleased with, but if he's not pleased with you, there's no peace for you. There's a lot of darkness in the world. And what happened is, is that everybody tried making these scrolls relevant to the New Testament, and that was the mistake. They have everything to do with the Old Testament, nothing to do with the New Testament. So when they translated that verse, they translated it like that, and here's where the King James is so beautiful. It's not two stanzas, it's three glory to God in the highest on earth peace and goodwill towards all mankind in other words God's goodwill is not just for good people it's for everybody God's not Santa Claus with a naughty and nice list I'd like to find out who it was that started that whole coal tradition some legalistic person right <laughs> see the truth is is that when somebody asked Jesus I said, good teacher. He stopped him. He said, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God. You have to come to grips with that this holiday season. You're not good. You're not good. You think you're good, but there's nobody good except God. So this whole idea of, of being good enough to receive from God, you'll never receive from Jesus if you're waiting to get good enough. You'll miss it. In fact, Jesus made an easy access path to him in that instead of staying in heaven and saying, make your way to me, be holy enough, be good enough, and then you'll get enough goodwill from me. I'll I'll make the difference. No, we just spent an entire three months going through the book of Romans to show that it never has anything to do with you. It always has everything to do with God. And if you base your relationship with Jesus based off of your good behavior, his grace means nothing. It's when you come to him with an empty open hand and say, oh God, don't deserve you. But if you'll forgive me, if you'll be Lord of my life, if you'll, if you'll take me faults and all, and you promise to just grace me, I, I will live my life to honor and please you. And I can't promise that I'll be perfect, but I'll promise I'll be yours. And Jesus looks back at us and says, that's what this was all about. It was about me leaving my family so that I could adopt an entire race of people willing to receive me unconditionally not on their good behavior but on my good work through the my son Jesus Christ that's what makes grace amazing there's so much darkness in the world pastor Wally who he, many of you have heard his story he was on death row in Saudi Arabia I met him first at a large event he was speaking to a few thousand people on an event called Shake the Nations with a, a man named Steve Wilson. And remember them sharing about how they, how they went to Romania, the country of Romania, which is in Eastern Europe. And so dark. They had a dictator, Ceausescu, who, uh, who, made, uh, who had declared war on Christianity. He murdered, tortured Christians. It was, it was one of the darkest places on the face of the earth in the 80s. And they even made it that if you had more than a few children, your, your children became a ward of the state, and they created all these orphanages where they would raise children to be soldiers for the government. And they, Finally, when, when that dictator was removed from power, I think it was ABC News went in, and they went into these adoption centers, and they found children in cages, diaper changes that didn't take place for days, if not weeks. All of these children just scattered because there was no one to care for them. In fact, I remember years back, my wife had a friend who adopted one of these kids and they were in elementary school, but they couldn't even talk because there was nobody giving them verbal development. Couldn't even speak. Many of these kids, they never speak for their entire life because of this. And they took, they took them down and they said, come with us, we wanna show you something. They opened up a, a grate, they climbed down, went into the underground. There was no light. They told him, just grab the back of my coat, follow me, and just trust me. And so they did, and in the distance, there was a tiny, tiny little light, candle, single candle, a group of kids gathered around it. All of a sudden, he felt these wet little kisses all over his face. And there were a whole herd of 10 children who had been put in these adoption centers by the government that when they had nowhere to go, they went underground into the darkness and just gathered around each other. And it was there, he looked at it and he said, there's so much darkness in the world. He looked over and he said, yeah, but it just takes one candle to bring people together. Your light, it just takes one candle to bring people together. There's so much darkness in the I can't wait till borders open again and we can go on missions trip. I can't wait to take those of you that are signed up for this Israel trip, that countries and nations are making it impossible for us to do. We'd have been there five times by now if we could. I can't wait for us to begin to go out and begin to make a difference and reach into people's lives and get out into the streets of law. I can't wait to do that. But you know what? What you can do in the meantime is let your light shine. And don't let that talent, don't let that light, don't let that thing lead to you. Let it lead to Jesus. And you will be amazed the places that God will take your life if you shine for his honor and for his glory. And you'd be amazed for those of you that are in a dark hour in your life what one spark can do if you take your attention off of you and you direct it to Christ and say, you know what, I wish that somebody would have been there for me, so I'm gonna be there for somebody else. I wish that somebody would say something encouraged to me, encouraging to me, but I'm just gonna go say something encouraging to somebody else. I wish that somebody would have been there for me when my mom, her life fell apart, but I'll be there for Pastor Dylan. There's a, a young man who we as a church helped. And I'll never forget, I was driving him to Teen Challenge and as we were driving there, he was just literally, I asked him, I said, do you, do you know who your mom is? Do you know who your dad is? And he just starts dropping tears. He's like, no. My, my family literally left me, abandoned me. Didn't know who his mom and dad was. And you know, Junior's connected with everybody like that. We just, We just kept loving on him and In fact, I have a shower in my office. I've never used it once, but we've had about four or five homeless people who have. And I said, I said to him, I said, maybe God, maybe your parents didn't show you what love is and what family is, but maybe that's what God's going to show you. And I don't want to paint a picture that his life is perfect and everything's going together, but just a few weeks back, Junior came up to me. He goes, guess what? He found his family. He found his mom. And he's, he's saying words to people that he never thought he could before. Mom, he's, he's getting to know his family again, and I'm sure it's complicated, and I don't think it's perfect, and you know we may have to catch him again, and you know what, but that's the thing about light. It's a reference point. You know where you're going because you can see it, and you have something to follow. And you as a church and, and, and us as a family, we have lit the light for so many people long before I ever got here. And when I retire and die long after God brings that next pastor in here years from now, did you hear me how I just worded that? When I retire and die, I'm not going anywhere. I'm telling you, there's a lot of light in this room. And it doesn't matter whether you're introverted or extroverted, God wants you to shine this holiday season and point people to Jesus. It's okay to put at the end of a good deed when you do it to say, "Hey." I did this for two reasons, because I care about you. And I care about you because I came to find out that Jesus cares about me. Instead of just saying, hey, God bless, make it more specific. Say, hey, somebody, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this for me? You know what, because I care. But the reason I care is because when I didn't think anyone cared about me, I came to understand that Jesus, God through Jesus Christ cared about me. God bless you. Let your light shine. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to close with this song. Another Christmas song. And and as we do it, take it as a time to reflect and pray. And those of you that are watching online, God bless you. Thank you for watching this whenever, whether it's now or it's later into the holiday season. There's no expiration date on this truth. 2020 has been dark, right? 2021 says 2020's done, and it can't come soon enough. But let your light shine. Let your light shine. God bless you. Merry Christmas. You're free to go after this song.